Hello and welcome to the June 15th Film Photography Podcast. Is it June 15th already, Mike? Oh my goodness, really. I'm losing my, I'm losing it. How many uh, podcasts have we done so far? We started the podcast in October of 2009. Because we went to the, um, the Photo District News show in New York City, which was in November. Yes. And it's already halfway through this year, and we are I'm getting messages in my email to uh, register for the upcoming show again. Let's go. We're going to go. We're going to go and uh, with a game plan, hopefully the the guy there with the, the crown graphic, speed I graphic his, camera. I have his name here somewhere. In the oh, letters. do you? Yes. Oh, we're going to get to that. Yes, we're going to get to That's that. That's awesome. Uh, welcome, everybody. Anyone listening? Hello. <laughs> Hello. 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 Dwayne, do you actually get e- do you actually get emails? Have people been emailing you saying, "Hey, I see, I, hey, I hear you on the Film Photography Podcast." I get emails on www.modelmayhem.com, and I get messages on Facebook, both of which I love. I love when people say that they saw the podcast and they they come look at some of the photos and things that we've mentioned, and they say hi. I think it's great. It's great. We're waiting for John Fideli. He's not here yet. And since he's not here yet, getting pizza. Uh, he's over at the sad guy. I saw him laughing with the sad guy. And uh, that's a, a pizzeria. We'll talk about that later. Uh, we th- I thought we'd start. I thought we'd start and uh, just kind of dive right in. When John gets here, he gets here. Terrific. Well, we're just going to start. And as usual, before we start, start. Dwayne, do you remember we gave away a bunch of cameras? A we, bunch of cameras. We gave away the Yashica A. Mm, I sure do. And the winner of the Yashica A was Paul Glover. And Paul sent us an email. says, uh, just wanted to drop you a quick note letting you know that the Yashica A has arrived safely in Monita. Of course, one of the first things I did after unpacking it was to whip out the F1 to get a photo of it. Very impressed with the condition it's in. Yes, that Yashica A. I, I used that Yashica A. I, lo- I that's, loved it. I'm glad it's in, you know. I'm glad it made its way to a very good home. Uh, he said he spent a, a little bit of time getting used to the reversal lateral viewfinder. That does take a lot of getting used to. Mm-hmm. The viewfinder is um, flipped. Does that also apply for bigger cameras, Dwayne? Like if you have a four by five or a, a monster camera, eight by ten, or crazy big camera. The terminology is the image on the ground glass is upside down and backwards. Not all, are, not all are upside down, correct? On a view camera? Yeah. Sure. Really? Because you, you don't have any sort of reflex mirror or viewfinder per se. It's just simply a front with a lens on it, a front standard, a back with a ground glass, and a bellows in between. So you're just getting the uh, that image that that lens projects on a ground glass, and it's upside down and backwards. Right. Well, you know, Paul, you're very welcome. I'm thrilled that the uh, camera made its way to a excellent home. Neil Carpenter also... Wrote to us, Neil, if you recall, from Inward Studio, he uh, donated a, a hundred U.S. so we could buy a camera package to give away. Uh oh, that would be the door. That would be the door. Hey, should I get it? You? Oh, I'll get it. Neil, thank you so much for that kind donation of a hundred bucks. But Neil, Neil was on another podcast. <gasps> traitorous! <laughs> Hold on. Traitorous, traitorous man, you. No, it's very kind of you to. Uh, to donate that hundred dollars, I think great, John great John is here oh, with pizza. Hey. All right. Glad now, to see you waited for me. That's what I said. John Fide- John, John Fideli walked in. 
You have to see this pizza that he's holding. It looks it looks like you it looks like you picked up off the garbage. It looks like somebody ran it over about eight times. It really it really looks bad. It tastes like it. Well, I didn't get it heated up. How about mine? Is mine heated up? No. It's probably just as bad. I'm it's, gonna save it for later. Yeah. You don't want you don't want your stomach hurting all through the podcast. I want, I want stomach punch. <laughs> stomach punch. So what are we talking about? We're talking about um we're just talking about Neil, who sent us 100 US to buy a camera to give away. Wow. Which we did, and we sent the camera to Andreas down in de- down in across to in Denmark. Right. <clears throat> and Andreas says. Oh, it, the camera arrived. Good. In perfect condition. In one piece. Good. Wow. Neil was interviewed on Inside Analog Photo, mm-hmm. which is another podcast. Mm-hmm. And um, if you go to Inside Analog Photo Radio, you know, using the Google. The Google. You will find Neil's interview in the archive. So thank you, Neil, for letting us know. Do we have an opening theme to the show? Soon to be, but not yet. We really need one, because this makes everything so much classier. Hey, everyone. Tonight on Film Photography Podcast, John Fidelli brings in some horrible pizza. John, I was going to run mm-hmm. a, a quick idea by you. Oh, please do. Uh, but if, if you're not into it, then we could just proceed. If you're into it, run then... It. I was run gonna it. Say, I was, the idea was... Run it. I was going to ask you... See that little video camera? Yes. I'm going to talk about the Polaroid 300 mm-hmm. and take some sample shots of you guys. Great. I was going to suggest that you just... T- First ever, just do a little, you know, little video. Mm-hmm. For YouTube or what? Yeah, for a, for YouTube. What, behind the scenes? Uh, just No, not behind the scenes of me discussing the Polaroid 300. This way we'll have a visual on it as well. Just a little segment. Okay. While, while I'm talking. Can I finish my pizza first? Well, you enjoy your pizza, and I want to welcome everyone to the Film Photography Podcast for June 15th, 2010. Now that the whole gang's here. Hey, all right. Uh, the feedback has been phenomenal. I want to thank everyone that's listening, a lot of folks commuting, a lot of folks doing some scanning, some folks with their Sunday cup of coffee, listening to the podcast. Thank you. William Clemis says, I just finished with the May episode and wanted to get in on all the fun and excitement of the Ludite-themed Lubatel 2 contest. (laughs) I just got so excited over Soviet-made goodies, I'd be kicking myself if I let this one get away. Kick yourself. Now you're entered, uh, William. You're entered in the contest, so we don't know if you won yet because we haven't done the drawing, but we'll find find out soon enough. In the previous episode, I noticed there was a little bit of discrepancy over how to pronounce the word ludite, and I I am admitting that I opened up a small can of worms with the word. As far as I know, the pronunciation is lud, luddite, luddite, as in Elmer J. Fudd, not lewd, as in quaalude or someone's lewd behavior. What's a quaalude? Luddite. So I just mis of course I mispronounced Luddite. it. Quaalude was a barbiturate drug of choice in the 1970s for the hipster crowd and the discos. Hey, let's get drop some ludes and go to the jacuzzi, man. <laughs> uh, William also says he wants to thank. He thanks oh, me for sending I, I along the slide film. You guys don't care. I took some of it as me and my brother drove to New Jersey to California. He shot Fuji stock. Awesome. Post he, those pictures on the. Uh, yeah, you hear, you hear John. Post those pictures. Post them pictures on the Flickr. 
<laughs> Love to see it. Oh, you got to spark up. You got a lot of work to do. I got to put my... Oh, you want me to do that? I nah, didn't want nah, to be too disruptive. No, no, it's okay. Let's just continue. Okay, continue. Yeah. Do you need to wash your hands before you touch my... No. Uh, How do you turn this thing on? Well, first turn the movie lights on. The movie? Oh, my God. We're going to shoot a little video as I'm discussing the... I need uh, all this light for this camera? If you're going to get some cutaways of Dwayne... What is this, like a four lux camera? Movie lights, yeah, they're the Home Depot. They're 50 lux? <laughs> 40 watt work lights yeah. with a piece of tough spun and a wooden clothespin. Oh, is that tough spun? I thought it was wax paper. Yeah, uh, wax paper. There's a button on the side to turn it to, you know what to do. To turn it to what? Yeah, VCR or camera mode. On this side? You know, I didn't bring my glasses. Other I side. had no idea that I was going to be. Yeah, there you go. That's it. One. Yeah. What, these like magnifying glasses? Would they help you? Yeah, that's what I got at home. Oh. Awesome. My my friend uh, told me he bought about ten pairs of these mm-hmm. magnifying glasses, and he keeps them at various spots around his home where he knows he needs to look at small okay, print these, and stuff. Are the glasses you buy at a drug yeah, store. Yeah, they're like five bucks. If you, if, if you they're have just magnifiers. Eyesight, yeah, magnifiers yeah. for anyone over forty. Really? Oh. <laughs> oh, nice hat. This was this was a Mr. Skin hat. And <laughs> so you? Uh, I'm like, oh no, that's not good. So I did I did a homemade logo. Uh, you know, FPP, Field Photographer Podcast. The P's are a little bit close together. Yeah, well, I didn't the, right supposed to... the first thing I want to talk about, before we start on the June 15th <laughs> Film Photography Podcast... Have we even started yet? Is, We've been no, starting for 15 minutes. We always like, do that, though. It's like an old car. Remember, you used to take a mm-hmm. long time to start. <laughs> I swear, everyone out there in the world doesn't... Well, if, you, if you're over 40, you remember that cars just didn't start. Yeah. <clears throat> like you'd actually worry about in the morning. You 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 stress about it. I would stress about it coming out of a class at college. Like, right? oh man, I hope my car starts so I can get home. It's so blessed today. It's just electronic ignition. Oh my yeah. god. Well, the first thing is for anyone for anyone out there that has a, a Polaroid 600 camera, or even a, for anyone out there that has a Polaroid 600 camera. Here's a Polaroid 600 camera. You know, when you're done shooting, uh, many times you eject the film. And there's the cartridge, and you just throw it away. And I, I used to throw them away. I don't throw them away anymore, and I will tell you why. You can clean pot with them. <laughs> <laughs> what I didn't know was available on the eBay Whoa. is this. Was that radio? This is a Polaroid radio. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. And you can get this on eBay from anywhere from 10 U.S. all the way up to 50 bucks because it's a collectible. I think I spent about 12 to $15 on this. The great thing about this is it comes with an adapter, so you can use AAA batteries with this, or AA batteries. But, you t- I mean, this is fantastic. You take the back off, and there's a, a slot, and then you take your, your, your cartridge, your, your, your cartridge, and you put it in the back of the radio. Put your so, little- so now you're using the battery power from the cartridge. Unbelievable. There was a battery in the cartridge. I did not know that. Wow. Fabulous AM radio. General Patton on the march in Tunisia. What, what in God's name would you do with that thing? Uh-huh. It's a novelty. Here we go. Wait a minute. I'm going to get a station here. Is it AM? What is it? Well, put the antenna up all the way. Here we go, FM. Oh, it's FM too? Get a known station. When you were young, you tried to listen to uh, radio outside, directing that antenna like it was a drowsing rod or dowsing rod, <laughs> and then you finally get it, and you're like, 
you got to move away slow, and then 30 seconds later it goes out again. you got to stand up and try and find the station again. I'm thinking people are pretty much riveted. Has been coming. This, as far as I know, this was a, a product promotion by Polaroid, and they this was somehow given away. Like the 70s or what? No, 80s. Mm-hmm. 1980, sometime in the 1980s. Well, I just thought everyone should kind of know about that. And not only that, but, you know, I was at a... Uh, I was at a flea market about a month ago, and uh, there was a guy there selling some Polaroid 600 cameras. And, you know, I'm looking at them, and I had no idea whether they worked or not. So if I had had the Polaroid empty cartridge with me, now I know that you, test it. you can actually test cameras to see if they operate with the empty cartridge. With the empty cartridge. What, it'll flash? Yeah. If you take a look, this is the Polaroid 600 camera, which, by the way, we're going to give away on July 15th. Mm, special. You you put the empty cartridge in. And just pop it to see if the flash goes off? Yeah. Everything operates. I mean, the film won't pop out, but everything else does. Did right? you get those cartridges? Keep them. <laughs> There's no film, but hey, it's like the camera works. Hey, forget about it. Hey, one, two, three, forget about it. I do you want to devote a little bit of time to the brand new camera that Polaroid has put out? That there seems to be, this is it, the Polaroid 300 camera. Uh, Dwayne, you and I did. Wow. Dwayne and I uh, went out. We were invited to a screening in New York City. And uh, I brought the Polaroid 300 camera with us. It was a hit! It was a hit, right, Dwayne? It was a massive hit, and one of the reasons why it's a hit is because people are not used to having their picture taken and having a print. They're used to seeing the image in the back of an LCD, but certainly not a print. And so, so it was such a precious thing to have a little print of themselves. They would hold it and kind of look at it and hold it. So you're saying this again. is one-upping digital technology? It's one-upping well, digital. the wow factor? Yeah, the wow factor, sure, I think. So here's the Polaroid 300 camera, and it looks like it should be, uh, it, this it could is go it. underwater. Polaroid 300. It's a cartridge similar to Polaroid 600. I pre-opened it. Cute little cartridge. Here it is. Cute. Here's the back. There's a piece of diffusion on here that I put. I'll explain that in a second. Here's the cartridge. You pop this in. Just pops in. Look at that. And then you pull the lens out. Whoa. That starts it. Up top is a uh, red light that will turn to green. And this is a very basic camera it is a basic consumer camera but i have to tell you it's a lot of fun if you have a little bit of photography background you'll be able to have the most fun with it for example using filters in front of the lens or if you want to get really close with like a close-up filter all i did was take a gel it's a light gel or you could take a paper cup even a clear paper cup and i taped this over the flash so that the flashlight is diffused when i do extreme close-ups also, every review online, and there have been at least three video reviews online, mostly from the UK, talking about how this camera always flashes. There's no choice to shut the flash off. But yet no one ever discusses, you know, putting a piece of black cloth over this. I think some people feel that if you do that, it's somehow going to just explode. Really? Like, the, you know, oh, I'm blocking the energy. Like you're, you're putting your thumb up a faucet or something. And it's just gonna, but it won't happen. No, it'll it, be might fine. Overhe- it might overheat a little bit. Because uh, most of the hosts have said, well, if you want, this is a great camera, but if you want to bring the camera into, into a museum where, you know, photography, flash photography is not allowed, you're out of luck. Well, it, it blows me away. What? I mean, how stupid people are. Yeah, and how <laughs> stupid companies are because Polaroid, but oh, digital technology, you know, there's, there's, there's no market anymore for people who want to see prints. And it's, it's, it's gaining in hugeness because people just, they love having that print. I'm telling you, we went to the, uh, 
that that premiere and under some, the scares under the scares in at the Tribeca Theater in, in New York and people loved they loved having their picture taken. I think there were some there were some women in the corner like I wonder if he's going to come over and, uh-huh. and and ask me if I'm going to have my picture taken. They just love holding that print, you know. And it's amazing to me that Polaroid never thought you know what it's going to come around. It's going to come full circle. People are going to want to have a print again. So I just think it's kind of this a, is a really really fun item. And up top here, I don't know if you can see, is a you have settings. Very simple. I mean, there, there are not even words, just a picture here. Hold it still. If if Nell found this camera. <laughs> Little man of Pompeii. If or if Johnny Link found it. If, oh, who do we have here? If Nell found this camera, she would be able to operate this. And you have a house indoor, clouds, cloudy, sun, and super sun. That's it. That's it. So uh, I'm going to take John's picture, see what he looks like with holding the camera there. Okay, hold it. Striking. And Strike picture, a pose, there's nothing to it. The picture comes out to top like Look traditional Polaroid. Look at that. It's only half oh, the size, though. I'm sorry, this is the black card. No, Mike. <laughs> In order to... The first shot is the black card if the roll is fresh. Stupid. <laughs> stupid, stupid. Right. Can you strike that pose again, John? Come on and vogue. Okay. See, it's coming out the top. So cute. It's adorable. Look at it that. really is. It's very cute. It really is. I like the bigger ones, but you know. Now I'm going to shoot Dwayne. The bigger ones are a little bit clumsy. You, you find the bigger prints clumsy? Mm-hmm. Did you really? look this way? Clumsy? You found the bigger prints clumsy. I, I per- Those are cute. They're like um, credit card size. These banana chips are horrible. Work the camera, Mike. Work the camera. Oh. Lick your lips. Ooh. That's it. The wind. Face into the wind, Mike. Into the wind. That's it. And it just, it just change your shoulder just a little bit. Okay, squeeze them together. That's good. <laughs> I like that sound. It's a nice sound. It's a nice sound. It's like a lawnmower a couple of blocks away. They want to run outside and say, hey! Now, the viewfinder in this camera doesn't exactly give you what you see. What do you mean? It's off a little bit. Oh, yeah? It's off a little bit. It gives you a lot of headroom. I'm going I'm to shoot another picture of you, John. You ready? Is the lens fixed focal length or is it zoom? No, it's fixed. It's a fixed focal length. There's no zoom on this camera. And here are some, you see, some of the images. They take about three yeah, minutes. Yeah, there's a lot of headroom on there. A lot of headroom. Oh, my God. Massive amount of headroom on my shot. But I cannot tell you... You have a pretty big head, though. They're, they're, thank you. The reviews have been lukewarm. Really? But these people needed to... I mean, the reporters that have been in the field, they go out and take the camera on a stroll. They were not at a movie premiere, like we were, interacting with... People. I don't think this is a landscape camera. We were at the event, and people were really just flipping out over it. Flipping out? Well, I, I gave a... I took a shot of uh, one of the gentlemen at the screening, and I was giving out pictures. I took a picture and handed it to them. And then when we were leaving, I said goodbye to people. And one gentleman, he's like, oh, hey, it was really nice meeting you. Really, thanks a lot. He was holding his hand on his vest pocket where the picture was, like, like his hand over his heart. And... People really, really valued having that picture. To you sure home. you didn't take pictures at a retirement home where people are like starving <laughs> for attention? This was at a movie premiere? So listen, bottom line is, does anyone need to have this camera? No. But if, if, if you have the cash, this is about $95 US. Each roll of film is about uh, $10. That's a dollar a shot. Just like the old Polaroid, except it's more than half the size. <laughs> Uh, see, some people really liked the size. I know they do. Yeah. Uh, and um, If it's in your wallet. I purchased mine from Polaroid.com. Hold it still. Polaroid.com. If, if you have the cash and you want to just have some fun, 
if you need a conversation piece or would like to have a conversation piece, I like it. I do too. Yeah. So two thumbs up from the FPP. This is the Polaroid 1000. Simplest camera in the world. And she's about to prove it. Meaning what? Meaning all you do is press this button. Well, any fool can do that. All right. Well, off you go. Out pops the picture and minutes later, all is revealed in glorious color. Very flattering. Polaroid 1000. So simple, even she can use it. And you can't get simpler than that. (laughs) (laughs) I've lost my over Polaroid this month. You certainly have. I have about... I can show you 10 cameras sitting in my office, all Polaroid-packed cameras. No. Yes. Oh, how... Did you ever fix the 110A? For those of you who, I mean, really, really want to know Polaroid cameras at their most beautiful... I didn't. I didn't. The 110A and B... uh, Let me just digress for just a moment. Uh, The thing with these cameras was that they had... Rodenstock, which is a wonderful lens manufacturer in Germany, that actually have f-stops and shutter speeds on the... uh, on the lens, they teamed up with Polaroid to make this beautiful Polaroid bellows camera that actually has a lens on it. Yep. You could focus it with a rangefinder, yep. and it has f-stops and shutter speeds. And I owned one of these things, and the thing that was great about it was a guy named Marty Forscher. Hey, F-O- Marty. Marty Forscher. He, he had a, Hello, I'm Marty Forscher. He was a, a guy in New York City, and he made a business at a remanufacturing these cameras with what was called a Forscher remodeled, refurbished Polaroid. And it would take then modern Polaroid films. So this beautiful camera from the 60s and 70s, rangefinder capability, f-stop shutter speed, rodenstock lens, but you could use modern Polaroid film with it. Right. It was amazing. Right. Amazing. What'd you do with it? Well, like, like everyone else, I switched to digital for professional work and I got rid of it. I wish I didn't because it was beautiful, beautiful camera. Oh. Man, I still have my first cell phone. Uh, <laughs> he, you know, he also made. Can I, you know, he also made. He made what was called a, a Forscher Proback for 35 millimeter film cameras. It was one of those little pack film yes. cartridges, but with a piece of fiber optic material in the shape and size of a 35 millimeter frame. You took off the door on the back of, say, like a Nikon FM2 and Nikon F3. You refit it with that Forscher Pro back so that your 35 millimeter camera would take Polaroid pictures. I'm going to fall on the floor. You know how much that back was? No. $750. And I bought one. I used to proof shooting with a 35 millimeter camera. I remember seeing you do that. Yeah, I remember, I remember Dwayne, seeing Dwayne do that too. Yeah, up until last month, I was an infant when it came to Polaroid knowledge. I really did not know very much outside of the traditional integral film that comes out of the front of the camera. I did a little research online, and my mind was, oh, oh, he's oh. so excited, he's letting them fly tonight, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's a very special podcast. My mind was blown, Dwayne. Blown. You have the uh, Polaroid 100 automatic that takes the pack film, Mm -hmm. which Fuji makes now. Fuji makes black and white 100 ASA, black and white 100 ASA, black and white 3000 ASA. Hi! (laughs) But I don't want to get into it now because it's too much. My head will just... It's too much. It's too much. We're going to talk about that. Ever see a Polaroid back for an 8x10 view camera? Stop it. (laughs) Dude, I'm telling you. I knew a guy... Had an 8x10 view camera, and it, 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 they made Polaroid backs for 8x10 view cameras, and it was a separate processing unit. And he used to go out 
and shoot landscapes and i can't even tell you the beauty the pastel tonality the sharpness the tonal gradation of those black and white those color eight by ten prints and you would sell them as originals because they were you know you have one print you've made from one piece of polar material that's it stunning stunning stuff i bought i bought a vivitar slide printer it's a slide printer you put a, a slide in it and it projects the image to a polaroid Print <laughs> to print your slides on Polaroid. It's nuts, and it works. <laughs> Anyhow, you listen. have this now. Uh, next show. Oh wow! In uh, in middle mid July. Have an all Polaroid show. That's what they're it over with. Well, it already is the all Polaroid show. Listen, it just blew my mind. It's a whole different head when shooting. Just like I I I, I took the plunge and I bought a Holga. I looked it up. I went to freestyle.com. Great place. It was 30 bucks. I just bought it. And I was skeptical, and I thought, this is, you know, a piece of crap. I love it. Love You've it. been converted. I'm not, no, not. I mean, last year, the whole, all of last year, I was out with my Canon, my Canon lenses shooting Kodachrome, and I really, I would strive for perfect photography, a perfect exposed Kodachrome slide of fall landscape, of, you know, uh, architecture in the area. Uh, and now it's like the complete opposite. I'm, I'm running around with, you know, plastic. Hence your model mayhem site with pictures of buildings. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. But listen. Hey, girls, I'll make you look like a brick. Come on. Folks, I ha- we have to move on because I can't. Well, first of all, thank you for the stack. Look at this letters. That's stack crazy. of letters. S- crazy stack of letters. Crazy stack. Clifford Davis, he says, thanks for the free film. You know, we've been sending free film out. It's a, it's a secret. Oh, speaking of... Psst, I see so many. The, the Polaroid 300, I'm pointing to it. <laughs> I don't know why. Yes. There's so many responses. When people post something about Polaroid, everyone is so quick to be like, Oh, something but a rebranded Fuji Instax camera. Ha! Yeah. Well, Fuji actually makes the film for the Polaroid. It's branded Polaroid, but apparently it's Fuji. Ha! Yeah. And the only, thing I could, the only thing I could say out there, because everyone's so quick to point that out, almost like Polaroid's a fake. I don't care. I don't care. I can tell you that if we were at that movie premiere and I had a Fuji camera, the feel would have been different if it was like I had a Polaroid camera. And that means something to people. Mm-hmm. The word Polaroid subconsciously is a warm and fuzzy word that everyone thinks about because they grew up with it. Now, I have nothing against Fuji, and I'm sure the Fuji Instac is just as good. But I would have not gotten the same satisfaction, or I would not have bought the Fuji Instax camera. And that's it. <laughs> so what you're saying is the fact that it had the word Polaroid on it has more value to you. It does. That's the way of the photo business, though, because many, many lens manufacturers will be hired by an independent third-party you know, retailer to... Uh, you know, to make the same lens you'd buy, but they put their own brand. Like Calumet, which is a big manufacturer of equipment out in Illinois, USA, they used to hire Schneider and Rotostock to make view camera lenses, but they put the, the Kaltar or Calumet name on them. It's the same thing. It's the same glass. The same guy made it. Fredo on a Friday in an assembly line. He's the same. He made it. Yeah. Fredo. I bought uh, my first digital camera, Sony camera, because there was a Carl Zeiss lens on it. Oh. That was a big selling factor to me. You're like, oh, Carl like, Zeiss oh, lens. Carl Zeiss. I used him on my Bolex. But I, I heard that Carl Zeitz was farming out subcontracting non-expensive prime lenses like the lower-end consumer to somebody else anyway. I'm sure. 
They're just slapping it's the name just on the it. Name, it's just the name, of course. Yeah, it's the way. It's just the, the nature of not just the photo biz, but the world in general. That's how you get them. So Clifford, it's true. It's it exactly is. true. That's how you get them. Do they do that with music? You know a lot about music. I mean, do they do with guitars and amps, and they must. I don't know nothing about that. So Clifford, da- <laughs> son of a bitch. So Clifford Davis uh, sends us a letter, and he's throwing you this gimme. And you're like, I'm sorry, do I know? He's hipping us to Clifford Davis sent us an email. He's hipping us to something called the Black Cat Exposure Guide. Oh. Yeah. Uh, there's no link. <laughs> there's no link <laughs> here. There's no link here, but uh, use the Google and check it out. Well, yeah, we'll, we're, we're going to get back to that for you guys. Okay. All right, next one. Right this is a letter from Jonathan Hawkins. He enjoyed, uh, his grandfather gave him a Canon FTB, 35mm camera. I own a Canon FTB. I love it. I enjoyed it, it means the podcast, so much that I enjoyed it so much, the Canon, that he bought an Ansco Speedex on eBay. Nice. I have two. I have a Ansco Speedex and an Ansco Junior Speedex. One has a uh, is a fixed mm-hmm. uh, aperture, a fixed shutter, and the other one has um, variable. And I can't tell you how wonderful these Ansco cameras are. They're really, really well made and great. Antsco, if you're ever looking to get into 4x5 or 8x10, Antsco made beautiful, simply beautiful wooden view cameras. 4x5, 5x7, 8x10. Really? Gorgeous. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You, you can get an Antsco 4x5. You can probably find it for maybe 150, 200. They're just amazing. And if you were to buy a new wooden view camera, like, like a, I don't know, a Tachihara, a Wista, a Shenhao, a Chamonix, those things go for like, you know, $1,500, $2,000. Right. You're getting the same thing for 200 The Ansco 120 cameras, you can you can buy them on a on a quiet day on eBay. You could buy it for 20 bucks, 30 bucks. That's US. a song, Mike. On a quiet and day on eBay. <laughs> uh, Jonathan goes on to say that he shoots film on at his job. So I wrote him back. I said, Jonathan, you say you shoot on your job. What is your job that you shoot film? I do portraiture work. Oh, nice. So of nice. families and high school seniors. For these jobs, I use Kodak Portra 160NC. There's a camera store in my area that develops C41 and E6. It has 24-hour turnaround. I take them my film, scan it on my flatbed scanner, make any adjustments in Photoshop, and send them off to into Meridian Pro Imaging for prints. That's pretty awesome. Because we talked about, you know, workflow, about no one is shooting film because the workflow is just too difficult. But this uh, hats off to uh, Mr. Jonathan Hawkins. Hats off. Mason, Michigan. Thank you. I recently had a guest in the studio. Yeah. Henrik Kuto, ukulele player. Picture taker. And I'd like to share this with you guys and our listeners. Oh, yeah. Super positive. <laughs> Henrik Kuto. Hi. Henrik Kudo is a performer, and how would you describe? He's a musician, and he has an album called Uke or Consequences. He plays the ukulele. It's true. But how would you describe? Like, if someone said, "Well, what type of performer are are you, or what type of musician? What kind of music do you play?" Uh, I I mean, I play rock and roll. That's all I'll I'll say that flat out. <laughs> Who are you, Wesley Willis? Yeah. I mean, like, but that's really what I believe. Like, I play rock and roll. You I know, play... Wesley Willis would just, I play rock and roll. Yeah, and he does. Okay. I mean, because rock and roll is, is about mindset because, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I don't have a consistent genre. I don't. Like, uh, when I started sending tracks of the album to friends and stuff, people were like, okay, this song's a doo-wop song, and this song's a love song, and this song's a country song, and this song's kind of poppy. None of these songs are alike. 
necessarily. Wow. When I play live, you know, obviously the songs are a little bit more consistent because it's the same instrumentation. Right. But it just comes down to rock music, you know, like there's an attitude and an excitement and and a, and a enjoyment of just making noise. Now, Henrik was a is a former employee of Alternative Cinema, which is uh, the roof that we're under, film photography podcast. He is here visiting from Ohio. You told me that to promote your album, Euchre Consequences, <laughs> that you have some kind of package. If someone buys the more expensive package for the CD that they will get a roll of exposed film. Yes, and this undeveloped. Is th- undeveloped. So this is 35mm film, undeveloped, so someone who buys your CD will get a canister of film with pictures on it, but they're not developed. And they have to find out for themselves. Uh, explain, like, how did this, how did this come about? How did this, how did this come about? I have some diehard fans, and I love them. And I knew that if I gave them a good reason to spend more money on my album, they would. Because they wanted to help me out. Gotta give them something they'll really like. And something that's different and something that's funny. Something that's uh, me. And what I came up with is a CD, a, a live DVD, a folder with three pieces of original artwork I've drawn by hand. And then um, a, a personalized steamy love letter from me to you. And one roll of undeveloped film. What's on the film, you have to find out for yourself. And your CVS guy may never look you in the eye again. I run into people who shoot digital, and so many people shoot digital, that that when they look at me, I feel like they're looking at me like I have three heads because they don't know what I'm doing. Now, will people know what it is you're sending them if you send them a roll of film? They might not. Are you going to include instructions? I'm going to include instructions. Um, I mean, they're just basically going to say, take this somewhere and develop it, idiot. Henrik Kuto. <laughs> probably, that probably actually will be what the thing says because it's mine to do. You right. Know? Uh, it's mine. So – but yeah, I, I just uh, – I thought it was a neat idea and the idea that it's a mystery role. And this is a limited thing. It's limited to 15. F- f- that's but, not very much. But it looks like we're actually breaking over to 20 because of the demand being kind of high. But I can't do more than 20 because it takes – you got to understand, to put these packages, it takes like an hour a package, you know, of my time total. So that's like a part-time job for a week. So when is this uh, offer expired? The offer expires when I sell 20. I'll just stop selling them, offering them on the website. And what is the website? The website is ukeordie.com. U-K-E or die. <coughs> Polaroid pictures are awesome, by the way. You should brag about your Polaroid 200 camera. Oh, oh uh, the folks listening to this segment don't need to be hear me brag about Polaroid because... Um, you know, there's practically a Polaroid like st- stamp on my head. Fair enough. Yeah. But would you say you have <laughs> roid rage? <laughs> no, I don't like the like. I know there's like roid week on Flickr. The word roid doesn't really rub me the right way. It sounds like you I'm know. I'm thinking steroids over hemorrhoids. Steroids, hemorrhoids. I like using the whole word Polaroid. Fair enough. Um, I I have been using the Polaroid 300 camera like a lunatic. Uh. <laughs> uh, Joe Colbeck, friend, and uh, uh, has been on the show. He's sitting in a room with us. He's not mic'd. It's for the best. But he can probably tell you, Joe, actually, if you talk a little loud. I'm obsessed, right? <clears throat> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, uh, Henrik, I wish you a lot of luck with this. Uh, you know, I thought I thought the project was cool because another podcast listener, Lance in Belgium. Oh wow! He has um, the Picture Crossing project. Oh, yeah, good site name. I like that. Great Lance too. takes Polaroids and then he numbers them and then posts them in a public place for someone to take. Oh, that's neat. It's a one of a kind. It's a piece of art. 
And I think that your random 35 millimeter shots are, are kind of the same. It's a, it's a slice of life from somewhere you don't know, but you do know because it's part of your, your album. Yeah. And you're making a collection. So how many rolls? Of, it'll be 20 rolls of film? It's going to be 20 total. And, and what's really wild is like the first 10 of them have all been taken while I'm on, on vacation. So all the photos I've taken to remember my vacation, I don't get to keep. Like they, They're all going off into the world. To strangers, to not complete strangers, but people I kind of know. And that's kind of a weird, like, I'm sharing my vacation with you because I really appreciate what you've done for me. Right. It's really kind of a cool thing. I'm going to buy one copy. Well, thank you. Because I, I would like to uh, have a role of this film. So it's pretty cool. And uh, of your, of, did anyone you know shooting film besides me? Um... Everybody that I know that's shooting film is because of you. Like my friend Justin Channel, oh, okay. Andrew okay. Shearer, you, you, you're hooking I, them up. I sent uh, both Justin and Andrew some film photography podcast film from my private stash vault fridge. And you've seen that fridge. Yeah, which should be mentioned that you, you actually did donate uh, some, I did. a few roll, five I, rolls. I did. Which was very nice of you because I've been eBaying them is how I've been getting them. Well, it's awesome. Anything to help people rediscover film. If you shoot digital but want to shoot film, go for it. If you shoot film but want to shoot more film or a different format that has never you've never experienced before, do it. Yeah, hit up a thrift store. Find yourself a your you know a film camera. Start out. My my, like. my my friend Bill. He's been going thrifting, and every Saturday it'll be like 10 a.m. And, uh, you know, my cell phone will go off, and I, I open it up, and it's a picture. And he'll shoot a picture of a vintage camera at a yard sale, and I'll look at it, and I'll see, like, it's an Ansco camera or something. And I'll call him up, like, what do you – like, it's almost like, a fee, you know, an agent in the field. Yeah. Like, what do you got? He's like, well, it's uh, four cameras for $5. I'm like, great. Pick it up. I'm like, any mold? He's like, well, this one's – like, ah, pick it up. You know, one was a 8-millimeter uh, movie camera. So I said, well, if I can't shoot with it, I'll either try to get it going and give it to someone else, or just make it a, a, a you know, a what do you call it, a prop, a prop, yeah, a decorative yeah, piece. Absolutely. So, well, very good. I appreciate you uh, taking the time to tell us about this. Uh, what would you call the project with the film? Like what are you calling it on your site? Uh, it's it's just the collector's edition package. It's a collector's edition CD. And what else does it include? include? Uh, it includes the album, yes. a live DVD of a performance I did at the South Park Tavern in Dayton, Ohio, uh, three pieces of original artwork I've drawn, and an, a personalized steamy love letter, no two are alike, written to you or <laughs> any one of your choosing. And where can you get this? At ukeordie.com. U-K-E-or-die.com. Great. Thank you, Henrik. Thank you, Mike. Here's a question. About drugstore film. <laughs> this is a good question. Yeah. How much quality is sacrificed, if any, in using Walgreens or other drugstore brand films? If I'm using an old camera that produces semi-lomo photos at its best, does it really matter? Now, I don't know what you guys think, but I can tell you what I think. Mostly everybody here is shooting with uh, outdated film anyways. Uh, yes, a lot of film enthusiasts are shooting with outdated film, but I think when you see a Rite Aid brand, CVS branded, Walgreens branded film... I think I don't. I have no, nothing to back this up. Just sort of a hunch. It's rebranded Fuji film, and I think that sometimes the image is questionable or Lomo-like because I think when they repackage it, I don't think they really give about a give a hoot about the expiration date. I think the quality control and the care <clears throat> that is taken in processing it, storing it, Sitting packaging it, hot. 
it's just really, really not up to spec. Like, you, you know, in the old days when you'd go to buy Kodachrome Professional at a photo store, it's refrigerated. The bricks right. go from manufacturing refrigerated truck to a refrigerator in a store. These are, you know, sitting on, oh, Ted, we forgot about that film. Not a problem. I sent out. It's only uh, 120 what, degrees out. This was from John LaPierre, by the way. Thank you, John. John I sent out some uh, memories film, which, John, I sent. I gave you some memories. Memories. 200 ASA film. Like the corners of a mind. A podcast listener shot it and loved it. Podcast listener shot bad. it, loved it. The sky was like purple. The sky was purple. <laughs> I mean, he loved it. I, I'm glad he loved it because it does is a whole Lomo thing. But his name was Prince. That memories film, which I bought for less than a dollar per roll. I mean, as you said, that's who, hey, who knows dollar a roll. So what if the sky is purple? I think the color dyes shift in sensitivity if it's stored in a place that's hot. Expirations you know? like. 2012. That's the thing. You never know what you're going to get. So you're getting a freaky uh, effect. Exactly. You don't know what you're going to get. So it's always a surprise. So maybe that's why he likes it. I would like it for that reason. Uh, William Grace says, hey, I received the film you sent a few weeks ago. He says, it's wonderful and the podcast is great. Terrific. If you haven't checked out the blog, 20by200.com, they sell a lot of prints from some pretty good photographers and artists for very cheap. It's run by Jen Beckman of the Jen Beckman Gallery, and it is wonderful. The Jen Beckman Group? <laughs> what, what's, what's the, Spencer uh, Davies what's the address? William, well, this is from William Grace, who's, B, who's the B in bonnet.blogspot.com. But he's he's sending us to 20by200.com. Is that 20 the word or 20 spell it? 22. 20 the numbers? 20, or? you know, as in 2-0. <laughs> times X. X. Where's X? <laughs> oh, the X. X. 20 X, yeah. X 200. 2, you know, you. Zero, zero Yeah, I got that com. Thank you. Oh, you got to go to Black Cat Exposure. I got it. Okay. I got multiple window, windows open. Oh, yeah. I'm like all crazy and whatnot. You got to see the slice of pizza John brought me. It looks like you scraped it off the concrete. Yeah. Why, did you open it? No, no, later, later. Uh, uh, ooh. What do you got? This is the uh, 20 by 200. What's going on over there? There's photos and art. Oh, I think it's a website, which probably photographers or artists subscribe to. And uh, you can list your prints on oh, there, okay. and people can come and buy it. Is that basically what this is? It looks like it. Yeah, it looks really nice. looks very easy to navigate. Great art, $20 really. So probably if you're a photographer or artist and you don't oh, want to go see. through the hassle of doing your own website, this is a place where you can go and they, they keep... Uh, Oh, Your images on file and it's, people. It's broken up into art, mm -hmm. paintings, and photographs. Oh, it's awesome. So that's a cool photo. Here's the Black Cat Exposure Guide. It's basically like one of those card things that you oh, hold. Oh. Can you print it out? Can I print it out? No, no. I'm saying, can someone print it out? Look at that. It's like no, a. No, you got to buy it. They're, they're selling it here. So it's basically a, a slide card that you bring out in the field. Yes. Black Cat Exposure yes. Guide. You, you can find them also free on the web. Oh. So I've been using the Sunny 16 pretty pretty well. <laughs> what? Yeah, you're Mr. Sunny 16. Hey, Sunny um, 16. Ian Cook says. Ian Cook. I don't know what it's like in the USA. I don't know what it's no, like. No. I don't know what it's like in the USA, but over here in the UK and in other countries too, mind you. The old Olympus Trip 35 camera is having a bit of a resurgence. <laughs> I picked up my first one for three pounds, five dollars, I guess, just over a year ago, and I haven't stopped shooting since. <laughs> In fact, I was so impressed with them that I completely dumped my 
Whoa, 20,000 pound Leica collection. What? Lots of love. That's what that. it says, 20,000 pounds. Hey, hey. He got, got himself a couple of birds with that cash, right? Uh, yeah, Bob's your uncle. <laughs> John, I apologize. Apparently, Bob's your uncle is a famous British expression. I told you. Just like, what does it right. Mean? What does it mean, Bob's your uncle? Like, and there you have it. Really? Bob's your uncle? You go, man. You do this, you do that, and Bob's your uncle. You heard that a lot when you were working on the film, the yeah, Tom that, Moose film? That, hey, no. Ian Cook, thanks. <laughs> Ian Cook, thanks. Uh, thanks. Thanks for letting me. He says, yeah. many thanks. Yeah, thanks for letting yeah, John for letting rip on you. Thanks for letting me turn you into a stereotype. Uh, many thanks for, well, listen to us. I mean, jeez. Yeah. Well. Many thanks for several thousand entertaining minutes so far. I love the jersey spin on the FPP. Hey, forget about it. Hey, yo, all right. Hey, yo. We got lots of friends over there in the UK. Hey, you's a good people. <laughs> Let's switch gears to some news. The photographer Brian Duffy, whose images captured the spirit of the 1960s, has died following a battle with lung cancer. Duffy, together with David Bailey and Terence Donovan, was part of the trio of photographers known as the Black Trinity, who defined the swinging 60s with their portraits of actors, models, and musicians. Notorious for his bad temper, Duffy once attempted to destroy all of his work on a bonfire after being angered by a question from a member of his staff about where he kept his spare loo rolls. Toilet paper. Unbelievable. In an interview last year, he recalled the incident in 1979. I realized I was chairman, CEO, and senior stockholder in my business, and now I was responsible for the toilet paper. (laughs) Duffy gave up photography for the rest of his life, becoming one of the country's leading restorers of Regency furniture. (laughs) If you said good morning to Duffy, he'd question it. He'd throw you on a bonfire. It was his charm, and he could do that cockney thing. Cankerous was a word made for Duffy. And it was just his character. You always knew it was never going to be dull with him because he was always going to pick an argument somewhere down the line. So he was quite the arsehole. (laughs) Duffy and Donovan are the people I've known longest in the world, and now the two of them are gone. With Duffy, it was continuous dialogue and banter. He had that Irish madness about him. Very quick-witted, the banter held us together. This is the surviving member of the uh, trio talking. A lunch with Brian Duffy would always last for three hours. Always entertaining. He was a very humble guy who couldn't believe that people would still be interested in his photographs after all these years. Apparently there's a documentary, a BBC four-part documentary called The Man Who Shot the 60s. Also in the news, Jim Marshall, legendary rock photographer, passes away at 74. He took the very, very famous picture of Johnny Cash giving the camera the finger. Right. Oh, so, no kidding. Him. Yeah. Jim Marshall, the photographer who captured some of rock and roll's most unforgettable images, including photos of Hendrix burning his guitar at Monterey Pop and Johnny Cash flipping the bird oh. at San Quentin. I mean, you just say that and you see those images, right? You, oh, yeah. see, you see them in your head. Yeah. Died in his sleep last night That's the in way New to go, York. Man. You know? Uh, he started in 1959. He was given unparalleled access to the rock's biggest artists, including the Stones. Dylan, The Who, Miles Davis, Ray Charles. He was the only photographer granted backstage access for the Beatles' final full concert at San Francisco's Candlestick Park in the 66 and shot the Rolling Stones on their historic 72 tour. Wow. Something. He was a lucky guy, right? Do you place, remember, right Mike? Time. Do you yes. remember, Mike uh, and John, the pictures of the Beatles where they're having a pillow fight in the bedroom? Yes. We met the guy who took that. We did? Yes, we were at the, the photo show in New York City, and I said, I believe, oh, I believe yes. it was Douglas Kirkland who did it. I might, be, I might have been David Bailey, but I think it was Douglas Kirkland. And we said, I said, that's Douglas Kirkland. 
he shot Marilyn Monroe and the Beatles. Remember I said that? Dwayne actually was whispering, like, oh, oh my God, it's Douglas Kirk. Look who that is over there. I'm like, who? Who is he? But he was very well dressed. Yeah, very dapper guy. Yes, very dapper guy. So, you opened the the, the uh, Paul Newmans? No, no. Paul Newman, by the way, over here in the states, Paul Newman, the actor, has a line of uh, chips and pretzels. Mm, they're delicious. I should say crisps. His salsa. <clears throat> excuse me. His salsa is amazing. Really? Oh, amazing. He makes like a mango something something or another. I don't know if I tried the salsa, but it's the, delish. His crisps and his pretzels. Pretzels have uh, pepper in it, so they're hot. Yeah. Pepper. Well, you gonna open them up or what? You want me to open them? I just said a little bit. All right. Do you know that Rob Nunn featured us? Well, he 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 plugged us on his podcast, which is fantastic. So plug him or uh, plug his podcast. I am. All right. He says Rob says I just finished listening to episode eight of the Film Photography Podcast and had to drop your line, and say how brilliant it is. Well, thank you. When I first saw how long the episode was going to be, I was a bit skeptical. I have to say that you guys have a great chemistry, and the time flies by. I keep dabbling in film, and I look forward to you convincing me to try the proper black and white stuff. I've mentioned your cast over at my blog podcast, which is robnunphoto.com. That's Rob, R-O-B, nun, N-U-N, photo, P-H-O-T-O, dot com. Thanks, Rob. Yeah. Oh, that was really, really, really Cheers. nice of him. Cheers. Yeah. Thank you. This guy says. <laughs> this guy? Oh, who is it? I don't know. Hey. Hey, you're on the air. We got a phone call. Yo. It's a phony honey call. Hello? Yeah. <laughs> it's a track man again. <laughs> is this the track man? This is the track man. Hey, I sent I spent the camera to your special delivery. Did you get it? Yes, I did. Really, it was from the Track Daddy, the Track Daddy's camera from the from the 40s. Uh, that's this is the Track Man, and he sent he sent me a uh, Ansco clipper. That's right. <laughs> he was slipping in and out of it. Come on. Yeah. yeah. He's better uh, in short bursts. I'm holding in my hand the Ansco clipper. Uh, this is uh, made in the 1930s and 40s. The front element pulls out <gasps> Ooh. and clips open. It's a fixed aperture. Is fixed. that what they call it, the clipper? Well, when when it's full, it clips open. It's kind of Art Deco, wouldn't you say? Yes. Sleek black Art Deco. That looks like it would hurt if an uh, uh, angry spouse threw it at your head. Now the Ansco clipper, I mean, it's in okay shape. It works, and I ran a roll of film through it, and it exposed. Thirty-five. It. Uh, it's a six sixteen camera, which is actually seven, I believe, seventy millimeters wide. And um, they don't make the film anymore. By three feet long. That's pretty, that's pretty wide, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. I want to say how wide it is. That's pretty wide. There was a, ro- a 616 spool in the camera. And I went on eBay and found another 616 spool. Really? And I, in a film-changing bag, I rolled 120 film to a 616 spool and then shot a roll. Did you process the film yet? I did. How'd it come out? Uh, I don't understand any of this technical talk, so I gotta go. You gotta go eat. I got uh, I got track stuff to do. All right, you, you gotta what, what do you, what, you what, gotta go fix races? What's your closing remark? Uh, there you go. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Buy the Esco Clipper. See if you can <laughs> find one. <laughs> the one camera. See you, Tracky. Bye, Tracky. Bye. Bye. That's a uh, John Trackman. I know him since I'm seven years old. It's insane. 
Uh, it is insane. You're actually. 62 now? <laughs> I'm not 62. Let me put this clipper back. Man. There is an amazing amount of heard. vintage cameras online. Uh, Kodak, Ansco. Uh, they're all very, very inexpensive. And I can't tell you how fun it is to find a camera. You know, eBay will say, Ansco Clipper, 616 camera. And I'll scratch my head, and I'll be like, oh, what the heck is this 616? I'll, I'll use the Google. The Google. 616 film. And either, either Camerapedia or Wikipedia will come up and be like, you know, 616 film was a format of film for this year, so this is the, di- this is the millimeters of the film, yada, yada. And it's a lot of fun to kind of just figure out how to put existing film stock into this camera, be it 35 millimeter, where you get sprockets. Sprockets. Our next episode is Sprockets V Dance. <laughs> 120 film, which, you know, it's, it fits pretty nice and neat in here. Mm-hmm. But I get a big kick out of the fact that uh, younger people are, are going crazy over the plastic cameras when, in fact... These know, are better, these older For ones. $5, <laughs> you get the same Lomo picture where the, the center's sharp right. and the edges are kind of... Soft. And actually, it's better because this camera has a little bit of mold in the lens on the inside. Mm-hmm. So it creates more of a dreamy... Like a diffusion halo sort of a thing. I have a uh, little Kodak camera. It's a, I believe it's called Kodak Holiday Flash. And it's a cute little camera. And the shutter, you press the shutter, and it's a little sluggish. So I put the Kodak uh, Power Might, or whatever it's called, flash on it. I brought it to Izumi Steakhouse. <laughs> and I shot uh, like a few of the Izumi uh, Japanese chefs. It's a Japanese nice. version of Hooters, by the way. No, it's not. <laughs> And when I when I exposed the picture, because of the lag shutter, mm-hmm. it created a dreamy look. Because the, after the flash fired, the shutter was still open, right? And there was some ambient light. So you got it's called trail. shutter lag. It's like yeah, it's like a halo. Mm-hmm. And cool. you can't you can't you know you you can't well I can re- reproduce it with that camera, right? But not but, you know. But it's not something that you know. So some of these cameras you buy on eBay that have they have a quality to them. They do. So I made a little note about that camera, like lag shutter. So now I know if I want to shoot something with kind of a dreamy kind of look to it, I'll pick up that camera. <laughs> and there you have it, the Ansco Clipper. Yep. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> I can't get enough of the jokes and the sound effects. <laughs> It's wonderful to have film photography represented by you guys. Uh-oh. I'm trying to get more people to take up film photography, and your show has made it has made me feel more positive about the film's future. You should be positive. I'm only asking, if we can maybe have two shows a month, it makes time go by so slow waiting for the podcast. Is this guy on, like, death row or something? <laughs> <laughs> this is from Rick Zamarippa, which is probably maybe Italian-America and would be pronounced... The R's would roll. Zamarippa. It would be Zamarippa. Or Zamarippa. Or Kelly Ripa. <laughs> or Jack the Ripa. Thank you, Rick. This month, which we'll be doing a drawing uh, on July 15th. Yay. We're giving away a Polaroid 600 camera. Ooh. And we've given away a Polaroid 600 camera in previous shows. But, mm-hmm. but I have another. Polaroid one-step close-up. Ooh. And there's a little filter on, on top that you could slide over so you can get two to four feet. To, in order to qualify to win the Polaroid One Step Close-Up, please send uh, filmphotographypodcast at gmail.com. And just a, 
little note, you know, your name, uh, where you live, and l- just a little bit about yourself. Uh, so if you win, we have something to talk about. Gmail.com, yo! Flash. Things weren't busy and crazy enough around here. A package just came in. Opening it now. This is a package from Matt Haynes. And Matt is in Ventura, California. And Matt sent us about 18 rolls of Kodak Portra 435mm film. And this film is slightly expired. And Matt says, uh, free film to give away on the podcast. Now Matt has a site, www.cameraisandfilm.com. Matt Haynes, a bag of film to give away. If you'd like a roll of Kodak Portra 35mm film, send an email. Filmphotographypodcast at gmail.com. Film courtesy of Matt. Shipping courtesy of me. FPP. Can I pick it? Yeah. We're going to be giving away a Practica Super TL. And it was donated by... The Practica Super TL. It's donated by... Alex... I believe Logix. We're just going to call you Alex because mm-hmm. Alex sent us an email. He sent me an email yeah, you. telling me what the phonetically how to spell his name. Mm-hmm. And you lost it. And I, I don't have that email. Stop. Oh, stupid, yeah. stupid. Hey, we're going to give away right now. Okay. I'm digging deep, folks. I'm going, I'm going all the way to the bottom. And the winner is Pete Humble. From Sydney, Australia. Whoa! I kid awesome. you not. That's crazy. Oh dear, I'm fast becoming addicted to your show. Oh I've dear, just, I've just listened to all of them now over the last week, and even oh, I've just listened to all of them now. <laughs> I can't, I'm not gonna do that. You know, they, oh, you yeah, do I a good Jimmy Stewart, but you can't do an Australian, mate. Uh, anyway, Peter is from Sydney, Australia. Howdy again from Sydney. That's awesome. So, Mr. Pete Humble, you are the proud owner of a. Uh, Practica Super TL. Practica Super TL camera. Congratulations to you, Sydney, Australia. That's pretty awesome. That's great. Giving away. We have three cameras to give away. Oh wow! What's next? Alex donated um, the Practica, which we just gave away. Right. Thanks, Alex. To Pete, and he also donated a Lubitel too. Oh wow! That's so nice of you. Thank you so much. Yeah, Alex is really, really awesome. I mean, you're gonna make some folks really, 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 really happy. Yeah, spreading the love. Okay, here we go. Get a good one. And the proud new owner is... Lubatel 2. The proud owner of the Lubatel 2 is Mr. Michael Turcott from Kenosha, Wisconsin. Wow. What does he say? Love the podcast. Would you consider going to twice a month? And (laughs) would you like to trade a roll of Kodak 1600PJC negative for Kodachrome? But he basically says, please put my name in for the Lubitel. I'm from the U.S. I need a 120 camera to fill an empty format slot. Well, you've got one. There you go. Michael, thank you so much for entering. Thank you so much for listening. We have another camera to give away. This camera is the Mamiya 135. Urban Hoffner from Heidelberg donated this camera. Heidelberg, Germany? Yep. Cool. Now, I have a question for him. Yes. (laughs) There's a company called Heidelberg. Yes. That makes a Tango drum scanner and also a state-of-the-art offset printing press. He would know... Is that company located or is it from Heidelberg, Germany? Please just let me know. Okay. Filmphotographypodcast at gmail.com. I I could just look it up online, but just, you know, when I heard Heidelberg, yeah. So, Urban, we're going to uh, thank – Urban, thank you for donating the camera, and we're going to give it away right now. John. (laughs) 
Don't do it. Okay, get a good one. This, what camera is this one more time? This is the Mamiya 135. Mamiya. The Mamiya 135 goes to Jonathan Hawkins. Which, who, which read his letter. Yes, yeah. from Mason, Michigan. All right. Wow. All of my friends, he says, some of whom are photographers and some of whom are not, think I am crazy <laughs> for still shooting film. Well, you can get yourself a heck of a lot crazier because you just won yourself a beautiful Mamiya 135 camera, John. <clears throat> Thank you for entering. Thank you for listening. It's great. Yeah, so you know, that I, I bet um, a lot of people who are shooting film have friends or relatives who think the same things, think they're a little crazy. It's like, why do you want to shoot film for? Digital, you shoot it, you put it in your computer, it's done. I think you're right. S writes in. S! This whole show has been reading letters. I love it. Yes! Hey, uh, what we're going to do, well, first of all... This man's name is a letter. Is that what you're telling me? Essay. (laughs) I've heard a share where it's one word, but one letter now? We're going to have a second Way ahead of the curve. We're going to have a show on the July 1st. And on the July 1st show, we're going to look at some galleries and actually look at some uh, images from listeners. Yes. But S writes in. S. Uh, he's a New Yorker living in London, and when when you do your heavy Jersey accents, I laugh out loud. I can pitch you. Turn that light on. Turn it off. Look at that chip over there. Over there. What is that accent? I turned it off. What is that? Turn it off. Turn it off. I don't know. The funny thing is, we could distinguish between our accents in Jersey and Long Island. Long Island, in my estimation, I don't know if you guys agree, is the hardest accent in other words mm-hmm. the type of accent that you would attribute to the new york yeah. metropolitan area yeah. it's the hardest one is like go to massapequa just go it's almost like the cockney accent yes. in the uk go anybody it's around like the, the world hardcore. you want to hear that accent go to massapequa long island what? and walk through a mall and just listen to the way what does it sound listen like to the way people ask for talk. directions ask x for directions x. and listen to the way people talk what are you crazy S says, where where are your show notes? You know what? And S is absolutely correct. Show notes? You don't have any. Well, I didn't know anything about show notes. He says, because I'm listening while moving around, and you mention a website or something interesting on Flickr, and I can't stop and write it down. Oh. So he's like, you know, especially during a two-hour podcast. So, oh, dear. So what are your show tunes? I'm going to put some <laughs> show notes together okay. as notes. a blog. And uh, I'll, I'll post it on Flickr on Facebook, so you'll be able to find right. show notes. Uh, another gentleman says, I've written a series of articles on developing black and white film at home. I hope your listeners would find this helpful. Yes. And as the website is so long oh my that goodness. I'm going to include it in the show, show notes. notes. So we'll put up some show notes with this gentleman's letter, and you'll include that address, and people can just go there and right. find so, it for themselves. So thank you, S, and thank you, Nathan Jones, who is has it, the... Uh, is it really a S? How do you spell the man's name? S. The letter S. Let's see if, let's see if his name is in the uh, email. There's no name on this. What? All right, S. S, thanks, bro. Thank you, S. No, forget you know what, about it. You know what I've been trying to do very hard, John, is I've been trying not to, as the pro- podcast matures. Is that, <laughs> yeah. Is that what it's doing? <laughs> I think it's aging. As the podcast matures, I'm trying not to like put rules on it, like S. You can't, oh no, no letters from someone who, who doesn't have a name, or you have to do this, or you know, rules to the pool on Flickr. I'm trying to keep it mellow. You know, yeah. forget about rules. Really, I'm just trying to keep it. Why would mellow. you impose rules? Because people, as things get, things get. Look, except I no, think, no pictures of phallus. Th- <laughs> why do why why is there a time at Pop Cinema? Yeah. Why is there now a door outside with a bell and a time clock when in 1995 yeah. mm. the door is just wide open with no time clock? I mean, right. things 
progress. Pro- progress. Okay. And in a progression, I'm trying – I am desperately don't want things to become work. Right. And this is not work for us. Islands in the stream. So when people write in and say, hey, I really, really, really enjoy the podcast – well, that's great because I enjoy meeting you two guys once a month. And we're sitting here with no clothes on. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's not like you think it's it's we're in a sauna. Exactly. Mm-hmm. We're taking a, taking a steam, having a spritz. If you want to win that Polaroid one step close up, it's ah, nice. It's a nice camera. I'm throwing my name in there. This no. <laughs> this is a camera that will. You may say, well, what film do I use in that camera? Well, any of the new Impossible Project oh, Mike, films. Wait a minute, wait a minute. What kind of film do you use in that camera? One more time, John. What kind of film do you use in that camera? You know what? I'm, I'm glad you asked that, John. Because <laughs> <laughs> film. So, the Polaroid <laughs> uses the film that's produced by the entrepreneurs from Austria. Impossible project film can be used in the Polaroid one step close up. And Polaroid PX600, they just came out with a second formula. Hmm. Like, first flush was the first, which had some problems. With right. Lamination we discussed last. Right. Right. All fixed. <gasps> really? It's a more stable. That was pretty quick. Yes. It's a more stable monochrome These image. guys are on it. And in the summer, they're supposed to release their color. <gasps> I think that you're act. John's acting a little funny today. I think that since the last podcast, yes. you've had so much time with your children. Yes. That you don't know how to behave with adults don't. anymore. <laughs> because everything I said, oh, <laughs> Ooh, that's just symptomatic of anybody oh, that has a little kid. Yummy, oh. yummy. <laughs> I think you've gone mad. If you give them a quick, sh- short, sharp shock. I, I pretty much have. This okay. is a, this is the only human contact, adult human contact I have. Well, John has children. Oh, we just yell at children. I, I have children for all of you. Yes, exactly. We're just like, get, get, get away from my car. Brat. Uh, what were we saying? Oh, Polaroid. You could also go online to eBay.com, and mm-hmm. all of the Polaroid stock that was manufactured that had a expiration of like eleven two thousand nine is all perfectly fresh. Fresh. You could also buy Polaroid six hundred film at at the Impossible. Impossible. <laughs> <laughs> One more time, please. Anybody out there that wants a Polaroid film, you know you go the Impossible. <laughs> Dwayne, we have yet to go to the Impossible store. I mean, we're there for the for the for their. You know, I, I it's I, impossible. I lists of places to go. I want to go to the Impossible Find the time store. to go to the Impossible Store. I want to go to the store. gallery in Red Bank where George Tice shows his, shows his beautiful platinum prints. I want to go there. Oh. We want to go to the Lomo place in the city. We never even gone there. We have oh, an invite man. for them, for God's sake. Wow, goods. Yeah. What's the problem? What, 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 we and just, the girl uh, liked you. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that. She had a boyfriend. Oh, uh, well, hey. you could, today. Once she sees my camera collection, it'll <laughs> <laughs> seal the deal. She's like, you have so many large lenses. So, you can go to the Impossible <laughs> Project... <gasps> You can go to theimpossibleproject.com and buy also the Polaroid 600 film for this Polaroid camera. And. But we're going to go now. Oh. Better go now. There's a lovely man there in the You guys corner. are off the hook. Yeah, that really are. Are we signing off now? Yeah. Uh, we're going to be back in two weeks. First time ever. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, John. <laughs> Filmphotographypodcast at gmail.com. Gmail.com, yo! So I'm going to see you guys in two weeks. Send, send us, send, please, send me some emails. We'll put your finger on the pulse here. Hey, man, we'll see everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks. Yay!
Don't want